Hi, I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk. Today, we're going to talk about Trump is in, so patriots should. Dr. Simone Gold joins us in studio. This will be a stellar interview. And if we have time, I want to tease tomorrow's interview on FTX, CBDC, and ESG. I'll tell you all about that. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. On America Can We Talk, I talk about election integrity, border security, healthcare freedom, race relations, energy and tax policy, education policy, free speech and assembly, freedom of religion, and all other issues that touch on the God-given right of every American to life, liberty, and the pursuit of their version of happiness. Stay tuned. America Can We Talk is sponsored by GC Works, a Dallas-based company performing advanced technology research in the oil and gas industry. And hello again and welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's First Five. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. We have a great guest in studio today. So for once, I'm going to keep my First Five to actually five minutes like I'm supposed to do because of Dr. Simone Gold here in studio. But I want to mention briefly that I'm going to guess everyone listening to this show heard that last night at Mar-a-Lago, President Donald Trump, former President Trump, announced he is running again in 2024. A large audience there, and he did one of his very typical Trump speeches. Talked for a long time, hit on many, many issues, and it was one of the speeches that afterward, the people who love him are just cheering him on. The people who don't say, oh, he's saying all the same things. I want to talk about what the job is of a real patriot between now and 2024, based on where we are in America. Many of you have heard of this historical reality. It's not like a rule of mathematics or physics, but it is kind of a historical reality that democratic republics like ours, republics tend to last about 250 years and for a variety of reasons, often corruption from the inside or invasion by enemies, they collapse and they crumble. And in America, many people are noting that that time frame, 250 years, will be up July 4th, 2026, basically around the calendar corner. And there's a little graph that this gentleman created, uh, named last name Teitler. It's a graph of kind of historical observation of what happens to countries as they have, as America has, an extraordinary uh, commitment in the beginning to freedom. So I'm going to ask Emilio to put that up, and I'll just tell you what this is saying. This is not, and again, I'll say this point, this is not something etched in stone like multiplication tables or laws of physics, but it is an accurate human observation about what happens to countries. Start out in bondage, stand up, fight for freedom, have spiritual faith, then on to courage, and then liberty, and then abundance, and then selfishness, then complacency, then apathy, then dependence, and back to bondage. And right here, this happens to be one of the uh, play, the uh, points in time this was displayed. Someone wrote in that you are here in apathy. I think we're past apathy right now. We're entering the phase of dependence in America where more and more people don't really embrace that self-reliant American spirit and think of the idea of themselves as self-sufficient. They are dependent on the government in a whole host of ways. And whenever dependency increases, so does tyranny because those in charge doling out whatever it is or doling out, get to decide who gets what and who doesn't, and you end up fomenting a, a more tyrannical government. So back to me, if you would. The reason I played, I wanted to show you that today is this. This country, as I express on the show every single week, this country was rooted in the most extraordinary promises of human liberty of any country ever, the Declaration of Independence, like the ideas spelled out in the Declaration, this idea you have rights from God because you were born. I always add those words, because you're born, and you also are supposed to be, all of us are supposed to be equal. The Constitution set in place to try to protect that concept of the right of the individual to live in freedom. What has happened in America over the last, and you can say 40 years, 100 years, is a gradual chipping away of that idea. Where we sit now in 2022 is we have a massively expanding federal government, an unaccountable bureaucratic behemoth in Washington, making rules, imposing itself on the American citizens, very little interest in the part of almost any politician to do anything substantive about it. 
whether it's environmental regulation through the EPA, uh, we have HHS, we have the Homeland Security people, we have the FDA, C CDC, NIH, we have agencies imposing their will on the American people, no accountability, and we have people, we have right now a two-party system, which I completely favor, I do not think we need a third party, but where we sit now trying to decide who we're going to get behind in the 2024 presidential cycle, I just want to urge you to think about this. We need to have someone in the presidency in 2024 to win that election and start in 2025 who believes in the idea of America, who actually will fight to return to the idea of America, who will fight corruption, who will fight the deep state, who will not only just talk about it, but expose it, attempt to break it up. We need someone strong enough to point out that the DOJ and the FBI are no longer committed to the rule of law, one of the most important foundational premises of America, no longer committed to the rule of law, but instead committed to doing the bidding of the incumbent leftist administration and cracking down on and using their what should be their legitimate authority to attack political enemies. We need a president who will stand up and talk about that. We need a president who will expose election fraud, who will actually talk about it's not enough to complain that, oh, we lost the midterms or we lost some race we thought we were going to win. The system is, to borrow the left's term, systemically corrupt. We need to eliminate the use of electronic voting machines and electronic tabulators. It is the only way to return to fair and honest elections. We need a president willing to say those hard things. I don't think it's smart right now for anyone to be saying, I'm going to support Trump and no one else. I'm going to support DeSantis and no one else or whoever else your person is you like and think might run. Your job as a patriot is to think long term and think long and hard who or what is going to protect America. Long term, get America back on track. There's no reason America has to fall under the historical pattern of pretty much losing the republic in 250 years because the ideas of America, there never was a country founded like America on the unique and extraordinary ideas spelled out in the Declaration, embellished in the Constitution. America is that unique. It is that exceptional. It is that special. But we have a job in every generation to protect it and to choose the leaders who will attempt to protect it. I will say in Donald Trump, for the four years of his first and perhaps only term, but his first term, this was a president who was absolutely, absolutely the only one who at that time ran with the willpower and the determination to win, to spread the message of pro-Americanism. He ignited populism among the American people, ignited belief in America, ignited this notion that actually we don't have to watch our country kind of, you know, we don't have to supervise the decline. We have to stand up and reignite America. So we have to, as he did, attempt to secure the border, bring jobs back to America, stand up for freedom and free markets and capitalism. We have to fight against the oppression and the attempted invasion of America across our southern border, as well as from China and other attackers. This was a man who stood up for the idea of America and re-engaged the American voters with the idea of America first. That's okay for our policies, our positions, and our bureaucracies to stand up for America first. He was an extraordinary president. He did everything he could think of to do. Not a perfect person, but then again, neither is anyone else. Certainly not a perfect person, but a man who fought for our country at a time when, as I've recounted many times for you on the show, the Democrats had the idea that they were going to run this place for 24 years. Going to have eight years of Obama, followed by eight years of Hillary, followed by eight years of Michelle Obama. This was the exposed plan, talked about plan among the Democrat Party. We cannot afford to have one more Marxist in the White House. We cannot afford to lose the 2024 election. So our job as patriots right now is to push every candidate, whoever candidate you like, push them. Are you going to fix the DOJ and the FBI? Are you going to fix the spy agencies? Are you going to stand up for the American voter and expose election fraud and do everything you can to denounce it? We have a bigger job right now than just honing in on who you want to have be president. I thought Trump's speech was extraordinary, very Trump-esque, you know, kind of talked a long time. Uh, I find it entertaining, and if you didn't, you know, that's fine too. But think for this show, and what I, I'll close the first five by saying this. I always say this show is dedicated to saving America. I do not care about 
many other things. I don't care about sports. I don't care about fashion. I only care about saving America. Our job in this time is to be the ones, the guardians on the wall, the guardians of the republic, defending this country. And that means choosing a president who will stand up and speak up for America. And that, my very fine friends, is today's first five. Okay, so it was 10, but I meant to do five. Anyway, I have a great, great guest joining me in studio, um, uh, Dr. Simone Gold. She has joined us in the, in the past on our show. Um, in fact, I think the, I can't remember when the most recent time was, but she's joined us numerous times as a very short introduction for someone who truly falls in the category of not needing an introduction. But Dr. Simone Gold, um, is the uh, a licensed, it wasn't a licensed and is a licensed emergency physician and attorney. Uh, the big thing she did among we're going to talk about today is she founded the America's Frontline Doctors. And this is an organization we have touted and praised many times on this show because it was a, a stroke of leadership and courage to found this organization at the time many doctors were being pushed around by the medical establishment in Washington. But to finish my formal introduction, licensed emergency physician and attorney, she is a visionary. She led the pivotal press conference event that broke the spell of the coronavirus panic in 2020. We all can picture it. Steps of the U.S. Supreme Court, doctors in there in their white coats saying, you know, we don't have to be scared. We don't have to be afraid. She created a viral uh, movement in modern media history, founder of America's Frontline Doctors, now leads a nationwide movement to drain the science swamp. Drain the science swamp. We'll talk about that. She's America's expert voice of common sense and scientific clarity in the information war against medical Marxism. Oh, I'm, I'm going to love this interview. I'm already excited. Anyway, and a friend of uh, the fraud of corporate media and medical bureaucracy, she continues to stand as a frontline advocate for civil liberties. Dr. Smogold, hello. Great to be here, Debbie. I am so glad you were here. And actually, there are so many things uh, to, first of all, I do want to thank you for founding America's Frontline Doctors. That was I think many doctors heard crazy things coming out of Washington and kind of wring their hands at home and talk to their spouse and didn't, couldn't think of what to do. Yes. So how did you even get the idea to found it? I'm going to start with that yes. little. So I was practicing in the emergency department where I had been more than 20 years and I was watching the misinformation just as you were, but I knew as a doctor that it was so inaccurate and I was heartbroken that the media was lying to the American people. The government was lying and the media was lying in the specific ways that there was early treatment that worked, lockdowns didn't work, masks didn't work, tiny inspiratory respiratory viruses can't be stopped by lockdowns or masks, and there was meds if you needed them. So when I was watching the media lie to the average person about this, I said, we've got to bypass the media. So I brought together a lot of freedom doctors who understood the science, and I said, let's go talk to the American people directly. So I brought a bunch of freedom doctors, we called ourselves the America's Frontline Doctors, and social media influencers, YouTubers. And we went to Washington, D.C., and we stood on the steps of the Supreme Court, and we told everybody, you know what, don't be afraid. That's the main thing, don't be afraid. Lockdowns don't work, masks don't work, there's early treatment, but either way, don't be afraid. And this was the message that broke the spell. I, I do like the expression broke the spell because I think they're, uh, now how I view it was the fear that was created in America in the beginning of the announcement of COVID, it was intentionally created fear. It caused you to be submissive and just to say, just tell me next what I have to do. It, it, it caused fear. So, um, so this was a, a wonderful movement you got started and we've talked about, and you also wrote a book I meant to mention uh, Dr. Simone wrote uh, just an amazing book, um, which is called, it was a bestseller, it was called I Do Not Consent. It was one of the many times she's on the show. Uh, okay, we moved recently. I could not find it. I did look for it at home, but I, I don't know, a lot happened in our books that are out when we moved. Yeah. I Do Not Consent. And it was basically, again, laying out a good read, uh, simply stated arguments about why uh, you and others did not consent to what was being really kind of forced on America's throat. So, so here we are, we have America's Frontline Doctors rolling along, and you have a board uh, running it, and then you had a recent experience, which we've also talked with you about, but brief briefly, you were in Washington January 6th, and after that, through an, I mean, we're both lawyers, you're a trained lawyer, she's also a trained lawyer, um, so, we're but, you know, an absurd prosecution to start with, and then an absurd sentence, so you ended up spending time in federal prison over doing nothing wrong. Yes. So that is a good place to start. So there I was just running America's Frontline Doctors. We had over a million subscribers. We grew very large. We were growing really, really fast. Um, just it's really ignited a movement. It's a populist movement. 
And as part of my job as leading that movement, I would speak publicly all over the country. So from my perspective, January 3rd, I was a public speaker invited. January 5th, I was an invited public speaker. January 6th, I was an invited public speaker. Same thing on January 10th. So when I showed up on January 6th to speak, it was with every expectation of every other public speaking event I'd ever done. I always seek out these large crowds because I'm so heavily censored on social media. So I presented myself at the designated location, which is right basically just east of the, of the East mm-hmm. Capitol side uh, of the Capitol. And, and when I was there, they had canceled the, the permitted speakers. It was just out, you know, right at that moment, they canceled them. So there I was, basically giving my speech. I mean, I, I felt an absolute urgency to tell people the truth, like that they had constitutional rights not to inject things in their body if they didn't want them, constitutional rights, you know, to, to my body, my choice, quite frankly. And that's what I did. And during, and during that, while I was standing there, the door swung open from the inside, and I was swept inside. And you know, but of course, I just want to make it clear: I don't ride, I don't do anything like that. It's a, it's a very special place. You know, I was in Statuary Hall, and it was in the rotunda. And you know, I was giving my speech. There's tons of video of me giving my speech. At the time, I didn't know this was going to be as big as it was. I was obviously kind of ensnared in something that really wasn't my mission, wasn't my thing. But then, as you commented, I was arrested, and you know. The January 6th defendants, first of all, we need to start speaking up for those people. We have constitutional civil liberties in our nation, and they've been widely abridged. In my case, they overcharged, as they did to many J6ers. They charged me with a 20-year felony, which is ludicrous. Um, I'm sorry, what felony? A 20-year felony. Oh, for crying out For going inside the Capitol reading a speech out loud. That's correct. So this is so the first thing that went wrong is the prosecutorial misconduct in terms of overcharging. Prosecutors, as you know, are not allowed to charge for crimes for which they don't have the elements already proven. They have to have the evidence in hand. The person met the three or four elements of the crime before they can charge you. Right. So they had no evidence of, of obstruction. They had no evidence of disorderly. They had no evidence of violence. Nonetheless, they put that in the indictment, and, and a D.C. grand jury or whoever hands down the indictment handed down the indictment. And there I was. I actually had no intention of taking a plea deal, but when you looked at the reality on the ground, they were throwing a 20-year felony charge at me, and all the prior judges had refused to relinquish jurisdiction. They wouldn't change venue. I, I, I said that you should really change venue because the D.C. jury pool is very poisoned against the J6 defendant. Right. But none of the judges were doing that. So I knew I'd have to face a D.C. jury with a 20-year felony. I couldn't do that. So I accepted their plea deal of a misdemeanor. And I want to point out that how does the government stay intellectually consistent when they say that, oh, here's a plea deal for a a minor misdemeanor trespass, or you might go to prison for 24 years, right? It's inconsistent. So I took the plea deal. Yeah, and actually I would say many people at that time, it seemed like the wisest course. It seemed like the safest course. And as you say, you're in Washington, D.C., where I always like to point this out, 94% of the people there vote Democrat. The Unsurprising, you would get a grand jury to indict. And you have to worry about a, a, a D.C. jury. I mean, a D.C. jury is just, I mean, not just Republican versus Democrat, but profoundly anti-Trump. Profoundly. So, I mean, we, I had a lot of evidence of this. I'll give you two specific examples. One is my own judge literally said things that were inaccurate, factually inaccurate. My judge said that I showed no remorse for five people that died at the Capitol that day. That's a factually <laughs> inaccurate statement, and it's, it's beneath a judge to say such a thing. In another case that I watched, a January 6th defendant, the jury pool, voir dire, should eliminate jurors who are heavily biased. If you're heavily pro-prosecution or heavily pro-defendant, you should be eliminated. That's right. what the voir dire process is. Those prospective jurors in another trial were asked, if you think, if you were present at the Capitol on January 6th, do you think the person is guilty? Many of the jurors, prospective jurors said yes. Those people needed to be excused. That's sure. what voir dire, but they were not excused. So we saw that kind of prejudice and bias throughout the D.C. court system. I wow. observed it. I never knew that mm-hmm. part of the story. Yep. Wow. I mean, voir dire, I mean, even this is even, you know, if you if you read John Grisham books or you right. or you watch any of the uh, story, the movies or television shows that are around crime, you, you all know this. You, you can't, yeah. you shouldn't be seated in a jury if you're already in any way biased. That's right. So if you are, um, you know, living in your hometown and there's a murder and it, it's somebody that's known and you know the person or you have a lot of sympathy for the person, you're not allowed to sit on the trial. If you were uh, an officer and, and you, and, and an officer is the defendant, you're not allowed to sit in the jury because people know that you've got that bias that you can't overcome. So the D.C. jury pool was filled with that kind of bias, and the judges should have relinquished these cases and let them go to non-biased jurors and jurisdictions, but they're not. That's why I took a plea. 
Yeah, that, so you ended up with a deciding, probably even now, retrospect, probably wisely, to take the plea because you, you, you can never know what would occur with the other path. You know, can't know. So you ended up with this judge who was, um, I, I read a lot about what he had to say in your sentencing. That's probably not relevant today except to say uh, he decided he didn't like you very much and, or your politics or your, or your views on COVID, actually, and right. you're founding America's Frontline Doctor. So you spent some time, a short amount of time, in a uh, federal maximum security prison, which is... I won't even, it just has to be horrific. Um, and, but that's not the point of today, too. What I want to get to today is, so you, this is a, the way our country chose to react to COVID, which was, I mean, it is a real problem. There were people who became ill. We had a medical tyranny start in Washington. NIH, CDC, FDA, all on board with essentially starving people out of the treatments that were available. Yeah pushing vaccines which were then not available, at the beginning were not available, and so it was, and, and tyrannizing doctors who were advising otherwise. I mean, that is a, that by itself, maybe this ties into your, uh, what the expression you had, the draining the science swamp. Is that part, are they part of the science yes. swamp? Well, I started saying in the beginning that we had a medical issue, but we had a legal crisis. My medical and law background kind of informed me that which one was worse. The medical issue we doctors could have handled. Just leave us alone, we could have handled this. But we had a legal crisis because they were using fear and they were using propaganda to cause people to willingly give up their constitutional, constitutionally guaranteed inalienable rights. So the, the legal crisis was, was the huge problem. Um, and yeah, that was the starting point for everything that I've been through in the last two and a half years. Yeah, well, um, on that point about um, you know, people around the world, historically, have thought America has the best healthcare system on earth, right. and we revere, really, our, um, the federal healthcare bureaucracy. For a large part, people are really glad we have an FDA making sure drugs are safe. And, but I think one thing, a good thing came out of COVID was people began to realize how much the biopharmaceutical companies are all mixed in it's, with, intertwined with the federal agencies that oversee them. Some people comment, you know, why did I, why did I recognize things before or different than my peers? One reason is because I grew up as the daughter of a physician, so I've actually been immersed in medicine my entire life, really since birth. So I know how medicine could be and how it used to be. In the 80s, it became legal to advertise pharmaceuticals on commercials, on television commercials. And my father said to me that was going to ruin medicine, and he was correct. Wow. When you look at um, um, ad purchases now, I think about 65% of, of media, or television media at least, is being paid for by pharmaceuticals. This is unbelievably wow. important information. The FDA um, does have a solid track record in terms of safety, but it has also a very kind of a corrupt track record of favoring certain situations and certain manufacturers over others. So if a drug is FDA approved, you can rest easy, that is safe, but the process to get that FDA approval is not kosher. And, and that's been known for decades. Yes, and one term for it, and I've forgotten, one doctor I had it on the show was talking about regulatory capture. Yes. If you're the agency, you're supposed to be regulating, but instead you're kind of captured by the entity you're supposed to be regulating. You're not really, uh, you're, you're not the Correct. neutral standback. So the FDA, so there's absolute regulatory capture within the healthcare space, the FDA, et cetera, but also the, med the journals, the scientific journals, it's gone even before the FDA, the actual, the studies that are chosen and selected and the studies that are published, it's, it's well documented that this is completely captured. It's, it's actually, um, it's, it's very horrific and scary, to be honest with you. I, we were reading, all the Freedom Doctors were reading journal articles that were so obviously inaccurate and incorrect. And there you go. <laughs> well, and you know, honestly, doctors like you, and there are a few others we could run through the names, but when you began to speak up, and you weren't speaking from any monetary motivation. Yeah. It was pure and simple. I'm a smart person. I'm a doctor. I actually went through my training in medical school. I practice medicine. I know these things aren't right, and I know there's a better yeah. way to handle I this. It was an astonishing thing to see how much the medical establishment, for lack of a better term, not just regulatory at the federal level, but the medical boards in yes. various states, got on board. It's like they, they got on board in, the, in favor of the pharmaceutical agenda versus the people's freedom. I, I just want to say, um, just it's a good place to point and say that I was really considered almost untouchable, like a golden child prior to 2020. I had absolutely no complaints, no medical malpractice, no complaints to the boards or the bar, n nothing like that. I was really a, a perfect, pristine reputation. Since I started speaking out publicly, people like to assign all kinds of pejorative labels to me. 
But the same person who had absolutely no professional issues in either medicine or law prior to 2020, that should inform you. That should teach you that there's something else going on. It, it's a very good point. And actually, I didn't, you, you have a lengthier bio that I could have read through. No. But, but I mean, I think it's good for people to know this. You weren't, you were a doctor who in your life had treated people in the emergency room. You had no uh, you know, med medical malpractice lawsuits. You had no complaints against you. And all of a sudden you are, because you dared to speak up. That's right. So I had targeted. A, yeah, I had an absolutely pristine reputation. <laughs> I, I'm sure you did. Okay, so we, so you, you four American frontline doctors. You go through the January sixth episode. The absurdity of our legal system, which is, you know, a, as a lawyer, I I I know it sounds kind of corny, but I went to law school in Washington. I used to enjoy, actually enjoy going to the Supreme Court and just sitting and listening. I was just in awe and at Congress, literally between where. We lived on, on Capitol Hill and Georgetown Law Schools. You walk right by the Capitol every day. Yes. I used to think this is like, it was so powerful. Yes. The rule of law in operation right in front of me. And now it just is, it's dangerously, in my view, dangerously corrupt. We've, we've lost the adherence of the beauty of the rule of law. But anyway, yes. on to, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so I'm writing a book about my experience of the whole January 6th and the, and the fact that there's a collapse in rule of law. It's called Selective Persecution, and I'll get you a copy. Oh, I love that. I just think, and I don't think it's, it's almost impossible for people who've grown up in America in a civil and safe society to really envision what life is like if you utterly lose the yes. rule of law. You, you just, you don't, I mean, you, you don't think, you can't even envision the I, things that I, could I happen. Think, I think this is also why people of faith get it sooner than people not of faith, because we've read the Bible, and you can see Cain and Abel. We know what human nature is without the rule of law, and that rule of law has to be derived from God, quite frankly. It has to be God's law. Right. Because we know that human nature is... is is flawed, to say the least. Yeah. Okay. So now I want to turn just so you you did uh, while you were I'm not sure when this exactly occurred, but during the between the time you knew you were going to be sent to a prison for some amount of time, um, there was an entry into the America's Frontline Doctors of a gentleman who was pre presenting himself as trying to help uh, this Joey mm -hmm. Gilbert character. So yes, it's quite something. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, I I haven't. I mean, I actually did cover this story. I can't remember when it was a couple weeks ago. So, I, but our listeners may not be familiar with it, and so I was going to let you tell it. So Joey Gilbert came along. He's a lawyer who was trying to help frontline doctors. So why don't you just take the ball and, and tell yeah. what happened there? Right. So Joey Gilbert is a criminal defense attorney from Reno, Nevada, and his bread and butter is defending, like um, I would say, defending drunk drivers, defending illegal immigrants. You know. These people need criminal defense work, and that is his main bread and butter, and that's what he does. He also ran for governor of Nevada. Well, I'm sorry, he ran for the Republican nomination for governor of Nevada. He did not really do very well. At the time that was all wrapping up was when I was getting ready to enter prison, and he already had a paid position within America's Frontline Doctors. So when I was gone, I had given everybody at the organization very specific you know, marching orders. You, you know, take care of this, take care of this, take care of this. 60 days is a long time, but it's also a short time. I got everybody prepared for what they needed to do. He had very specific jobs to do. When I got out, I discovered he didn't do those jobs. But what he did do was an attempted hostile takeover of America's frontline doctors, an absolute coup. Absolutely. You know, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, you said he was employed as a doc as a lawyer by American Frontline Doctors before this whole episode. Mm -hmm. Okay, actually, I was in touch with him trying to. For some reason, I was asking you for something. Anyway, I just yeah, no, his I name kept ringing a bell. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So, so go ahead. So he he's yeah. his hostile takeover. What do you mean yeah, by that? Yeah. So um. So first of all, when you're in prison, you get seven-minute phone calls, and you know once a day. So <laughs> you don't really you can't really step up on it. But I was hearing little things that were very troubling and bothersome. When I got out. Um, which is around middle of September when I was able to put my attention to it, I discovered some very, very alarming things. I'm going to be cautious in how I speak about it because this is now in litigation, but I found things that were highly, highly unethical, highly unethical, okay? Breaking all kinds of Ten Commandments rules in there, okay? So I said to him, you know, you, you got to go. Like, you got to go. This is a nonprofit. We are helping the American people. You got to go. What he did instead was shocking. He's trying to oust me. He proceeded to fire a bunch of key people from America's Frontline Doctors. Let me say attempted to fire. He has no actual authority to fire anyone. But he was running around destroying the organization from the inside. And I think he thought that I wouldn't stand up and defend America's Frontline Doctors because he's a boxer. He was a professional boxer in his day, and he likes to punch hard, and I think he thought I was going to back off. But I knew 
what America needed, and America needs America's frontline doctors. We have big plans for 2023, drain the science swap, I can tell you all about that, and he is simply not relevant to that path. In addition, he's shown himself to be very corrupted. So I tried to keep this quiet. For instance, when I saw you last month, I never mentioned a word. I don't want to hurt the organization. I hope that you continue to support America's frontline doctors when this is over. We will get to the other side. We have a lot of work to do. But he decided to go public, and he went on social media trashing me, trashing America's frontline doctors, spreading vicious lies. I will prove to you that these are lies. And then he filed a lawsuit. This is not merely a defamatory and frivolous lawsuit. This lawsuit is filled with perjury. Again, he's a licensed attorney in the state of Nevada, and he filed a federal lawsuit with statements that are demonstrably false that he knows are false. He said things that he himself, that he said I did, that he himself did. And, and you can prove. I, I'm going to, I've read all, I, everything you I, said. I, yeah. I, I mean, there's emails, and there's documentation, and there's witnesses, and there's lawyers, and there's, there's tax documents and county assessor paperwork. It makes no sense. But it's harmful to the organization and to me personally because it's such lunacy that you think, well, it must be true because who would say this? But the, the printed record of the fact that he has lied and perjured himself is extraordinarily deep. And that's what I'm here to tell you. So he, to back up, he was originally a lawyer for American uh, Frontline Doctors and, I mean, every organization especially given the kind of attention you begin. You have to have a lawyer on staff, I suppose, just to respond to criticism, respond to inquiries, um, you know, keep things in line, I guess. But yeah. So while you were gone, while you were in prison, was when he began this kind of hostile takeover. And just to, to run through what he accused of you of having done, I think it's important for people to understand. I don't want to belabor, well, a little bit I want to belabor him, but you know, I want to, what he claimed to have occurred was that you had somehow confiscated funds or used funds in a way that was not permitted yes. and purchased property. Yes. Do you want to elaborate on that? Absolutely. This is, such a, this is such a lie that it reminds me of Joseph Goebbels, who said, you know, you make a lie big enough, eventually everyone believes yes. it. Yes. This is exactly that situation. So Joey Gilbert, um, by the way, he was, just, he was just one lawyer. We had a lot of lawyers at America's Frontline Doctors. We brought a lot of strategic lawsuits. So he, he was just, he was, he, yeah, he, he was not really anything special. That's the truth. Um, we had, we had way more special attorneys <laughs> fighting for us. But he went into federal court and he said to the judge that I embezzled money and that I took this money and I bought a property. And the third lie was that he didn't know that. So let's, let's examine that. Did I embezzle any actual money? Well, there's an accountant, there's treasurer, there's bank accounts. All of that will show that I draw a straight salary that doesn't change month to month. That, that's what it is. That straight salary for a long time was much less than half of my doctor's salary. Sure. This year, for the first time, it approaches my, it, or about, about the same as my physician's salary. But that took me two years to get there. So there's no embezzlement. So of course, then there's no way to embezzle for, to purchase a property. The foundation purchased a property in Naples, Florida, because Naples, Florida became our campus headquarters for America's frontline doctors. We purchased a property, we rent um, another property for, when, for overflow for when people fly into town, and we actually even have a production, like a small production studio where we do podcasts. Okay, I'm sorry, where is this? Naples, Florida. Okay. Naples, Florida. And then he said that I own the property. Well, my goodness gracious, I don't own the property. He posted on social media, too, that this was like BLM, you know, the BLM people who took money sure. and property. Yeah. And he said this was like that, and I'm saying, but you can look at the deed, you can look at the property, you can look at the tax assessor, and you can yeah. see that the property is not owned by Simone Gold. The property is owned by America's frontline doctors and has done exactly what it was intended to do, which is it serves as the headquarters for the organization, and we do a lot of work there. And, the, and then the third lie was he didn't know about it. But his handwriting is all over it. Not only was he intimately involved in negotiating and executing the purchase of the property, his address is actually on the, the deed of the LLC that owns the property. It's his address. So I ask you, you know, this is, I, I don't understand him. He's not going to be charged with perjury. I, I don't, we'll see what happens, what the judge decides. But 
Yeah, I'm very glad we're covering all of this. It, it is mind-blowing story. Mind we were talking about before we um, even came on live today. You know, there's, it's so absurd and so crazy that either he's. I mean, I, I didn't get to ask you what agenda you think he really has. Right. What, what, I mean, what would drive someone? So, because they're audacious and outrageous and provable lies. So why? Right. So it is. It is hard to figure out what the motive is. People are always asking me. I, I will say that he faced a lot of personal disappointment that he didn't do well in his bid for the Republican nomination for Nevada. He does have a lot of, uh, he appears, I, I don't want to speak out of turn, he appears to be in serious financial debt. And our organization, happily, thank you America, has been doing very, very well. We took in a lot of donations, especially when I went into prison. And I do think he, you know, Ten Commandment number nine, thou shalt not covet. I think he was coveting what wasn't his. So I think there's a financial interest. I think there's a power interest. I think he's a wannabe politician and he sees a national, there's a now, I have a national following and a national platform and he doesn't. And he thinks that he can just take that over. And I do think to some extent, perhaps he thought I would just walk away, but I'm here for America. You know, your opening is perfect. I'm here for America. I'm not here for Simone Gold. I have a good life. I had a great life, you know, prior to this, you know, I'm here for America. America needs America's frontline doctors. We have tremendous initiatives going forward in Drain the Science Swamp. We're going to be bringing meetings and symposium and correcting the medical journals. All this has to happen. And if I were to just roll over on his lies and on his bullying, then that's not going to be available to Americans and people like yourself in the media to push back on the three-letter agencies, the CDC, the NIH. You know, when you go off to speak and, and the only reference point you have is what the CDC says and the FDA says and the NIH says, you're a little bit stuck. Well, we're going to give you the ethical, honorable freedom doctors who are going to tell you the truth. That's our mission at America's Frontline Doctors. I'll mention for our listeners this website that uh, Dr. Simone Gold is referring to, America's Frontline Doctors, AFLDS.org. Um, I have gone there many times, and, and one reason I remember early on was uh, there was early on in COVID there was a discussion about masks, and, and of course, you know, the advice was here in Dallas and other places by local officials and, and state officials that masking was required. And I had mentioned that to Dr. Gold at some time, some interview or something, and she said, "Oh, we have things on the website. I cannot urge you strong enough. Go to aflds.org." I downloaded just one little, I mean, more than this, but this one little piece that described all the research that makes clear that masking does not stop the spread of viruses. It is just a, and it's historic, it's been true and known and written about for a long time. So one of the many things this organization does is just give straight information along with links and footnotes. And so you can go read it yourself. You don't have to just take their word or they're countering anything that Dr. Fauci or others have said, you can read it yourself. And there are all sorts of bits of advice on this website related to, you know, symptoms and if you have this, but it's not this, maybe it is COVID or not. Uh, people found references to doctors who would prescribe the things which everyone was trying to get. This was a just, just wasn't just a little protest movement within the medical community. Yeah. It was a nationwide effort to help Americans get through a scary time dealing with COVID with information that was just extraordinary and available to you. And, and you know, this is when you're not hiding anything, then you can put it all out there and you exactly. can share what you know. It, it, was, it, was extra, it is still an extraordinary website. Yes. So thank you for saying that. You know, our, my mission is to fight the propaganda. So there was a lot of medical propaganda. But I think because I was fighting all this propaganda in 2020 and 2021, 22, I recognize this attack on me right now is just in that same vein. So last year, I don't know how much you recall about this, there was a RAG newspaper that published very defamatory things about me. They actually had nothing to do with me. They just sort of dragged me into this story. They said that the telemedicine company that people went to if they gone to, to America's Frontline Doctors, they went to a telemedicine company and that telemedicine company had a security breach. And I don't even know why they linked it back to us. It wasn't our company. It turns out there was no security breach. And either way, it had nothing really to do with me. But they put me all over that. And it was the intercept. And I remember thinking, this was very curious. Why did they link me to this? Then I found out why. That article was in July. And in October, then Congress comes after me 
based solely on that Intercept article. And I thought to myself, that's what they had done to, to the Russian collusion thing with Trump, is they plant a false article in the media, and that false article in the media becomes the basis for something else. That's really what's going on here, which is we've got a lot of propaganda and de defamation and really perjury that Joey Gilbert is putting out there, and he's trying to use that as a basis to do something destructive towards me. But in this case, it really hurts Americans, because if it we does. hurt America's frontline doctors, we hurt all Americans. But I understand this attack is just the latest you know, in an attack, and what I say to them is iron sharpens iron. Bring it on. I've got truth on my side. Truth doesn't need to hide from anything. I love that, and I don't want to belabor Attorney Joey yes. Gilbert, except I want to add two things for our happy listeners uh, on the subject of this, this um, lawyer. Now, most lawyers, at least lawyers I know, go through the entire practice of law, and they don't get ethics complaints, and I mean, and they, they may or they usually don't even get sued. This is a gentleman who uh, is in Nevada. He's licensed in the state of Nevada, and you, as you um, were talking about earlier, um, had disappointment running for some political office. He's been reprimanded, just so you know, once he's been reprimanded, and this, I actually read the details of it, been reprimanded uh, by the bar in Nevada because he took a client in, a case in, turned it over to a, a, a not lawyer, I don't know, a clerk or something, um, misrepresented to the client that he was pursuing litigation, and the person to whom he gave the file was a law clerk or college student, I don't know what, uh, that person had gone ahead and told the client, oh yeah, we filed your claim. These are not, you know, you might read a lot of stories and think lawyers are shysters. I'm telling you, there are many, many thousands and thousands of ethical law firms in this country who would never do this. This is not common day occurrence, and this was because this occurred, and again, um, what I'm describing is this attorney, Joey Gilbert, who's now making up stories about Dr. Simone Gold. Um, this is a guy who is actually lying to his clients about representing them and who was doing the work. Um, and uh, the main thing, the response, and he, he had ended up having, a, um, he was paid a $3,500 retainer fee and, um, and basically didn't do anything. Uh, and then, and so the client lost out. I'm telling this to say, these are not common things. This is a character, just an indication of character. And um, the answer of Joey Gilbert, at least as far as we could tell in the research, was to try to keep this reprimand by the Nevada bar out of the public eye. It wasn't to say, got, got too busy, got carried away, I lost track of that one case, I'm so sorry. It wasn't like that. It was kind of a, oh, don't tell anybody, okay? Uh, and there was another one, which I'm gonna find quickly or else not belabor, but about, um, about Joey yeah. Gilbert's conduct in life. Um, which, uh, the, uh, by the way, I meant to tell our listeners again, every story we're talking about, all we're talking about here today, I've linked everything on our website, americacanwetalk.org, americacanwetalk.org. You can go there at the homepage under shows, drop down a list of links, read these stories yourself. Because it's important to understand, because when you get to why all this is happening, what happens to people who speak up for truth. But this is a, all these stories and articles I'm referring to um, are in, um, are available on our website. So this guy, as you mentioned previously, is a suspended boxer, as in, you know, boxes for a living, or did. And he actually got, so it's a professional sport, and he actually got uh, discovered because they test them for whether they're taking drugs you're not supposed to take. Uh, it was found um, of having each of the following substances in his body at the time he was supposed to be not using drugs uh, to enhance his performance as a boxer, uh, anabolic steroids, amphetamines, methamphetamines, oxazepam, probably not saying correctly, diazepam and nordiazepam, all getting around to say this is a guy who was willing to cheat to become successful as a boxer. And I, I, I don't know the man, maybe he's nice to his mother, I don't know, but he's otherwise a really problematic person and he's the one going after you. So, so now I wanna get to, so your mission, you found America's Frontline Doctors to get America help when we needed it because of our own medical organizations and agencies in Washington weren't helping. So, but this is now kind of a, this is twice tyrannized by you. I mean, tyrannized by, the, I mean, actually thrice tyrannized. Yeah. You know, forming America's Frontline Doctors, lots of criticism, speaking up in Washington, ending up having to spend a short term in a federal national security prison, uh, maximum security prison, and now being a guy coming after you and completely concocted charges. So, um, so I mean, honestly, I will tell you, you can't make a perfect comparison but it's kind of like when people stand up in life, when you put your head above the crowd and you speak truth and you don't back down, there are a lot of petty voices 
who want to hurt you, who want to harm you. And that's kind of how I see you. Think that's yeah. fair? Yeah, I think that's exactly what's going on. Um, it is a lot to, to attack a person for. The part that bothers me is that justice is slow. So I have not spoken out publicly. I have not put it out there. And during all that silence period, people are left to draw their own conclusions. But I'm, I'm, I, this should be litigated in court. The problem is that it should be fast, and it's not fast. So I want to urge, I'm here because I want to urge Americans to never lose faith in America's frontline doctors. We're here to help you. We're going to get from A to Z. We're going to get there. We're going to get past this. And it's going to be fine. And, and your faith in us is well-placed. And I think that um, my life lesson is to make sure that I'm only working with people that absolutely have the righteous intention to help America. It's so clear that anybody who would attack America's frontline doctors doesn't actually care about America. You know, this is bad for the freedom movement, bad for the freedom site. So that's, I suppose, my lesson, and 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 that's it. And I, I won't I won't bow down to corruption. Not now. Not ever. Love that. And I want to tell our listeners quickly about something I did last night, and it ties back to what Dr. Gold is talking about here today. So last night I was um, gave a speech at this uh, meeting along with another. Um, individual who was talking about Donald Trump and everyone's realizing probably he was going to make his announcement and the conversation at this political event that this other speaker was commenting about how Saul Linsky's rules for radicals one thing they say is hone in on whoever it is you want to take down and attack and malign and and just turn them into someone who is universally despised and everyone backs away from and no one will defend this is what the left has done to Donald Trump or attempted to do. They literally have people who are viscerally uh, disdainful of, of President Trump, and you ask them why, and besides saying, well, he did a mean tweet or something, they have no idea. It's, a, it's, a, it's just a targeting of people who, and Donald Trump, really more than any uh, politician in modern times, has spoken up about the depth, the breadth, and the danger of the deep state, of the uniparty running this country, of the corruption in this country. We're going to be talking tomorrow with Kevin Freeman about um, FTX. The guest on our show tomorrow is an economist, an extraordinary, um, brilliant man, Dr. Um, Kevin Freeman, who is going to be talking about uh, the uh, CBDC, the um, use of digital currency, central bank digital currency, FTX, the corruption in Ukraine, understanding all of that. Getting back to Donald Trump, he speaks up about corruption when a lot of people in place around him are simply willing to let it go, and he's been willing to speak up. So his big thing, drain the swamp. You have been talking about drain the medical swamp. So yes. how do we do that? Yes. Oh my goodness gracious! There's so much that we can do. It turns out that there's a lot of doctors that understand. Um, uh, there were a fair number of doctors that understood in the beginning, but they were afraid to kind of put their head up. But the science became so clear, so overwhelming that we were right. That more and more doctors have come to our side. So we need to go ahead and drain the science swamp. And it's and it, it's all you really need to do that is to remove the government as the payer. Right now, the government, through its funding, is determining what we're saying, like what we're hearing. The government and the pharmaceutical industries finance the studies. They then end up financing through their ads the journals. What if we removed all that? We said pharmaceuticals can't do that. What if we just took the doctors and spoke directly to the American people? That's what's coming in 2023. The freedom doctors who've got nothing, they've got no financial interest, they've got no pharmaceutical backing, they've got no government backing, but they're going to bring you the truth. We're going to bring that to you with symposium, we're going to bring that to you with journals. Okay, and actually, as I guess a related note, you've been talking about gold care, yes. uh, which I love to have, I believe uh, we had that up a minute ago, gold care, but that is your idea, I think in part, about helping Americans get back to healthcare freedom. Can you describe what that is? Yes, so I think, um, you know, healthcare expenses are about 20% of our economy, so for me, Gaining control over this sector of the economy, which is pure socialized, right? For me, it's a national security issue. If the 20% of our economy is already socialized, how, how are we going to stop our slide into socialism and then communism? So that's kind of my starting point. When you say, how do I say it's socialized? Well, because Medicare sets all the policy. So whatever portion isn't Medicare, the policies and the finances is still set by Medicare. So when I looked at that, I said, we need a system that's outside of the um, we need a system that offers the free market solution, capitalist solution. So that's goldcare.com. We started with national telemedicine, but we will soon also move into in-person. I really encourage you to, to go and find it out. Not only does it offer you um, a better path towards wellness, because we don't use an illness model, we use a wellness model, it, we also teach you how to fight back on medical Marxism 
by refusing to feed the beast of the insurance company. The insurance company is doing the same thing to you that we did. Um, the insurance company is doing, continues to do to us what they did in 2020, 2021, which was put the insurance company first and not the patient first. Yeah. We need to stop that. It was bad for your health and it's bad for the national economy. So we teach you at goldcare.com how to remove health insurance from your life while still being safe and spending less. Okay, removing health insurance that from your life? That is correct. It's okay, a complicated what about people answer. in Medicare? Can they do this it's, too? It's, it's, we have specific information for Medicare people and we have specific information for individuals and small business owners. All Patriots, small business owners, and all Patriots need to check us out, not only because you're going to get a wellness model and unbiased information from a doctor, but also because we need to collectively stop feeding the beast that's strangling us. The answer is yes to all of those. I love everything you just said. I love it. I will check out. I actually have not checked out goldcare.com, even though we're in beta uh, testing. We're in beta testing right now. So you still have time. It's brand new. <laughs> All right. I will testing. do that. And you spoke at our summit at Women for Freedom Summit. Actually, you were the one whose person spoke twice, uh, once on the rule of law and once on the future of healthcare freedom in America. Uh, and I will urge, again, our listeners, if you haven't gone to our website, americacanwetalk.org, every speech from our summit is up there. You can find the person's name picture, click on it, and you can hear just their remarks. We have, everyone's up. I've been getting, I continue to get accolades all the time. In fact, I mentioned last night I spoke at some function, and people came up afterwards just saying, I was at your summit, and they just loved every single speaker. Very substantive, very serious. Well, Dr. Simone Gold, I have to tell you, I think that, you know, this speaking up in times of, to me, it's rising Marxism in America, yes. and, and it's coming at us from not just a tiny little segment of the Democrat Party, it's really the American left has embraced Marxism, even though they, they're smart enough not to call it that, but that is what we're watching them do. And this notion that in America, we, the ones who love freedom, love you know individual freedom, freedom of speech, freedom, all the freedoms we have, we have to be outspoken like, like you are. We have to be strident and willing to speak up because we really are losing slowly, slowly losing the freedom upon which America was founded. Right. So I sometimes say that we're losing freedoms in a way by giving them away unwittingly. So what a thief can't steal in the dead of night, a con man can coax away in the light of day. That's what we're seeing here is we're giving away our freedom because we think that, that it's for the purpose of safety. It's not. There's another way forward. You know, I stick with the medical. So Marxism has now taken root in all areas, in education, in healthcare, obviously in the government, obviously in the media. But in my lane of medical, there's a, there's a lot of medical Marxism. And you need to start ec extracting yourself out of the medical Marxism. So one, for your own self-interest that we at Gold Care will care about you as an individual, and two, for you as a patriot, that you want to limit the medical Marxism in our nation. For those reasons, you have to march out of the system into goldcare.com, and we'll teach you how to leave medical Marxism behind. I love that. Uh, Dr. Smogo, so people listening to uh, your bravery, your story, your just relentless energy. I mean, honest to goodness, I just think many doctors just want to get through the last few years before they can retire, and they don't want to have to be in the fight. But this ultimately will impact whether we have a robust and free healthcare system yes. in America or not. Yes. And by the way, public, and it's not just the healthcare system, it's that this is a common way that Marxists or tyrants try to take over a nation. I call everyone's attention to Robespierre Reign of Terror and the Committee on Public Safety during the French Revolution. I mean, this is a well, this is a tactic that's well known, is to call a state of emergency, get people to be afraid due to <clears throat> a public health emergency, and then just kind of take over. I mean, Biden just, right, he's trying to extend the emergency till next year. There is no emergency. This is how dictatorships, right. uh, not even dictatorships, this is how ty tyranny starts tyranny. We're watching it. We are watching. I, I've been on this uh, for a couple of years now. Yeah, we are watching the Marxist take down of America, slow rolling, while we are just, we get we get sucked too far down the path but, of but one again, little issue, one little debate. Go ahead. But again, there's, there's there are practical things you can do. The two most common ways the average American gets is getting oppressed is through the education system and the healthcare system. And you can do something about both of them. You pull your children out of the educational system, homeschooling, develop a micro co-op with your neighbors, et cetera, but just stop funding the supposed so-called federal department of education. And the other thing that's being oppressed is through the healthcare system. March yourself out of that system, which is being controlled by insurance companies. 
Absolutely true. Another thing I urge our listeners, you know, in states, we had a big problem with the state medical boards uh, cracking, and the state pharmaceutical boards, yes. which really t just kind of went along with the drift of thought. They, they got the message from Washington, we're going to push vaccines, yes. nothing else works, don't let people prescribe these things. And there are state legislatures, every state legislature can decide, we're going to regulate you, state yes. medical board, you can't do this. And so we have to get legislators on board. We have a great senator here in the great state of Texas, uh, Senator Bob Hall. I think That's you probably right. know him. Yes. Yeah. He's been trying to push this idea. We cannot just give in and let these medical boards be do what they're doing to doctors. And he's not really only protecting doctors, which he is, but he's protecting patients. They're, they're right That's to right. pursue whatever the health care is they want with the doctor they want without having a pharmaceutical board threaten the pharmacy um, or the medical board threaten the doctor. It's a it's a freedom thing. There's this health care thing is a freedom thing. Well, Simone Gold, if people want to support you, they can go to Dr. Simone Gold. You go to AFLDS.org. Yes. And also goldcare.com, both and of them. Goldcare.com. Uh, I can't thank you enough for coming. What a great, great time. Great thank talking you. to you. It's always great talking with you, Debbie. So, folks, we have just a couple of minutes before our Thursday show. I want to mention tomorrow in our Thursday show, we have the in-studio audience. Uh, I think we have a waiting list at this point for tomorrow, but we love having you come and join us in studio on Thursdays. It's a full one-hour interview. Tomorrow we have Kevin Freeman joining us. He is the host of a podcast called Economic War Room. <clears throat> and honestly, when I first met him, I didn't quite understand what his, where he was headed, but he's a brilliant economist. He has advised the highest levels imaginable. He uh, testifies in Congress. He explains uh, and helps along uh, very high-level economics institutions. And he is basically talking, going to number one, explain to us what's going on with FTX, cryptocurrency, laundering. To shorten it for you, let me shorten it for you. This is money that the, okay, I have a little sheet to give you, maybe I don't. Yeah, this is FTX in a nutshell. FTX was a money laundering scam using cryptocurrency for Democrats. $50 million. This guy who founded uh, FTX is a, is a second largest donor to Democrat causes in America after George Soros. Cryptocurrency and his, his organization, FTX, is now bankrupt. And the money was funneled over to the Ukraine, somehow made its way back to Democrat uh, sources in America. We're going to hear about FTX tomorrow. Also, also, the CBDC, Central Bank Digital Currency, this concept, which every, I mean, young people who tend to trust government too much think, well, that'll be great. Government's going to really help out. We don't have to be so, you know, uh, have private banks. We don't have to worry about money and cash. And central bank digital currency is yet one more step down the path to Marxism. The government's control over your wealth, your ability to spend, control over your behavior. In fact, at our summit, we had Reggie Littlejohn talk about all of these efforts to control currency and, and have your currency, your well-being, your wealth under the control of the government leads you toward what she has described very um, profoundly, uh, China's social credit score system. Also going to explain ESG, which is the uh, seemingly on the surface, uh, you know, a kind of a do-gooder mentality, the ESG thing, just talking about how, you know, we're going to have, we're going to require companies to do better things environmentally and socially. And, and, and the end of the day is it is Marxism on steroids. Um, it is very, very dangerous to America, this ESG movement, which now controls most large corporations in America, follow these standards. Uh, he'll describe more of it tomorrow. I'm going to run out of time doing this. But I do want to urge you to tune in tomorrow at 3 p.m. to America Can We Talk and hear this interview with Kevin Freeman. Uh, you'll learn more than you can possibly imagine. At the close of every show, I tell you why the stories I talked about today matter to you. So we start our show today. Trump is in, uh, and patriots should. And that is the question. What should patriots do? Because some of them think they should just get on board and salute. And I'm telling you, patriots should. Uh, remember... November 2024 is two long years away, two long years away. You don't have to decide today or this week who you're going to um, who support for president. Um, you're, what you need to do instead is really push on the candidates you care about to um, do the things, take care of the issues you want them to take care of. So we have two years away. Okay. Uh, open borders consequences yet to be fully felt. Terrorism, crime. Inflation still out of control. Oil and diesel shortages are imminent. Food supply disruption possible. Ukraine, Taiwan, Iran, very volatile. And a leftist cabal is still apparently in charge of this country. 
who is up to the task of leading the patriot effort to save this country, denouncing and pushing for dismantling the entire election rigging apparatus. I think I've heard Trump on that, not too sure about the others, denouncing and pushing for dismantling the corrupt, weaponized DOJ and FBI, demanding the reopening of the oil and gas industry and debunking climate alarmism, making sure neither pandemics nor pandemics ever again destroy America's freedom, exposing the FTX rot inside the Uniparty. DeSantis and others have a long way to go to catch up to Trump. Two-year competition can be good for America. And on FTX and CBDC and ESG, FTX details are emerging, ugly, corrupt, and tied to the left. FTX founder, second to Soros only as a Democrat leftist donor, but 2.5 million donation actually went to Mitch McConnell. I'm gonna go off next week about choosing leaders in our Congress. $2.5 million to Mitch McConnell. Red flag suggesting active and laundering U.S. aid to Ukraine back to the Democrat Uniparty politicians. Uniparty will block investigation and accountability. Trump will fight for it, but will anyone else? Feds proceeding with the test runs for CBDC right now, continuing with ESG enforcement imposition. Do not dismiss FTX, CBDC, and ESG as siloed financial issues that have no interest to the average American. They are part and parcel of D.C. corruption and leftist totalitarian agenda. Tune in tomorrow for conversation and interview with economic warfare expert Kevin Freeman. And that. My very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Thank you so very much for tuning in every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time to America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America, because America matters. And I will talk to you next time. America, can we talk truth about America? Can you